Yes, Father, I shall become a cast, a podcast, specifically a cowardly and superstitious pod, which is specifically about the television show Gotham, and it's hosted by me, the ever-beloved blue-eyed Nate, who loves the television show Gotham, and my friend Josh, Aunt Petunia's favorite son, no, favorite nephew, who hates the television show Gotham. Yes. Hello, viewers. I am excited to come back to this episode of Gross Things. Last episode, we talked about the television show Gotham. Specifically, episode 9, Harvey Dent, and how gross it was. It made us both barf. This episode, we're talking about kitchen sponges. Nate, do you want to start us off? Yes. Have you ever seen that episode of Goosebumps about the evil kitchen sponge? I have. Let's call it Came From Beneath the Sink. That's pretty good. It's a demonic sponge. It's amazing. Yeah, it like sucks your life force out or something. Actually, the show is always about the television show Gotham. I'm sorry. Because there's nothing grosser than this show that I love that is bad. It's a bad show, but I do love it. Heard it here, folks. It's a bad show. I said it was a bad show on the first episode. <laughs> Don't act like this is news. And I've been saying it's a bad show. That doesn't uh, mean that it's also not a great show. Every time you say that, I count it as a victory. So far, I'm in the lead with 20 points, and you have zero points. How do I get points? We'll figure that out later. Don't worry about it. Okay, so this is about episode 10, Lovecraft, which has nothing to do with Howard Phillips' Lovecraft or the Cthulhu mythos, so don't get excited about that, because that's not going to come up. It has also nothing to do with the Image Comics lock and key featured in the town of Lovecraft. Sure. Nothing at all. That's a good comic. Is that Highly, highly recommend it. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I say Image, it's IDW. Yeah, yeah. They're supposed to make a show based on that, I think, at some point. I know. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Let me, can we do a podcast about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'm down. We'll call it Pod and Key. <laughs> Actually, really Key like and that. Peel. <laughs> we'll call it Key and Peel. <laughs> can we call it that? No one's used that for anything, right? No. We'll call it Get Out. <laughs> <laughs> so... This episode, not a lot, I don't think a lot actually happens in this episode. Would you agree with me? Uh, things happen. Th- you're right, things do happen. Otherwise it would just be 40 minutes of static. Or like just like a picture of Jim Gordon. Um, no, so what this episode is about is, it's following up on the Catwoman stuff, the Selena Kyle stuff from the previous episode. So an assassin shows up uh, to assassinate her, as assassins are wont to do. And so most of this episode is her and Bruce on the run, in the streets, hiding out from the assassin, growing closer together. Uh, they kiss at the end. She asks him if he wants to kiss her several times throughout the episode. Uh, and uh, also while that's happening, what is going on with Jim Gordon? Uh, he He's looking for the on his own to go after Lovecraft, who he thinks sent out the assassin, and then Alfred becomes a cop. Yeah, well, that's great. Alfred and Bullock team up. It's the Alfred and Bullock team up you've been waiting for. And didn't know you needed. And then there's also some stuff going on in the background with um, Falcone doling out the consequences for the betrayal he experienced in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. And um, stuff with Penguin, I guess. What is he Penguin's doing? still in the show. What does he do in this episode? Does he do anything in this episode? Not really. No, it's mostly just the Falcone stuff and the... The Lovecraft stuff and the Bruce Wayne stuff. Yep. Turns out that Fal- that Lovecraft doesn't have anything to do with it. And then at the end, very end of the episode, the big like plot moving forward thing that happens at the end of the episode is uh, the mayor chews out Dent and Gordon, and then 
Dent gets off scot-free because he knows how to work the system. And Gordon gets demoted and sent to guard the newly reopened Arkham Asylum. Yeah, so that happens. Um, so, let's... I mean, nothing really awful Let's dive into it. Let's open this episode wide up. Like uh, how, in the beginning, they open up the gardener. So, it starts off with the assassin going to Wayne Manor and encountering a gardener. Just We've so never can, seen him before. Yeah, just so she can kill him and rip open his guts to put blood on her face. Gotta put blood on your That's face. 100% her plan, and it makes no sense. Also, is she somebody? Like, is she mean to this episode? I, I don't think I caught that if she was. I don't know, but I did look it up. Do you want to guess who she is? I have two guesses. Uh, my first guess is Copperhead. Yes. It's Copperhead. My second guess was Lady Shiva. No. I My theory is that they wrote this episode and she was Lady Shiva and they were like, wait, let's wait until we can cast somebody who can come back to be Lady Shiva because she's kind of an important character. And then they were like, uh, I guess she's Copperhead. I mean, it's fine. I don't think she's ever specifically named in this episode, uh, but having her as Copperhead, that's, uh, that's fine. Yeah, but like... She doesn't wear a snake costume at any point, which is... No, but she is Leaf, and she's an assassin. Yeah, That's but pretty much it. there's really no snake imagery with her. No, not at all. Weird. Very weird. Um, so yeah, that happens, and then it sets off like the thing in this episode where she comes to Wayne Manor and seemingly tries to pose... As uh, someone who got into a car accident needs a phone. Yeah, she's pulling a reverse psycho. Which is, it makes it even weirder because like that, it makes a setup that she killed the gardener specifically just to put blood on her own forehead, which she could like easily have done with her own blood. Hey, why use your own blood when there's another person right there? <sighs> and then they don't buy the cow if you're getting the blood for free. And then Alfred just immediately like knows what she's up to and tells the kids to run, and he fights her off because he's a badass. Yeah, Alfred's dope in this episode. He gets a great extended fight with the... There's other assassins, too. It's not just Copperhead. There, she's got two, like, henchmen. Yes. Uh, and Alfred kicks their asses. Yes, he freaking does. He and kills he, one, even. Yeah, and then he gets shot in the shoulder. And it, like, does not bother him through the rest of the episode. He's got Jim Gordon healing powers. It's amazing. Um, before that, though, there's this weird awkwardness with Selena and Bruce about how she's training him to be able to walk on, like, a thin railing. Yep. Which is kind of cool, because, like, you know, he's trained to be Batman, and she's showing him how to do that. Mm-hmm. And then, like, she teases him about, like, going to a bridge where everybody makes out, and they should go sometime. <laughs> yeah, she really... Like, real awkward, again, with, like, she really wants to kiss him, but she wants him to do it. Yeah. Like, do you want to kiss me? Do you want to kiss me? Do you want to kiss me? She wants to kiss him, but she wants him to want to kiss her. And then, like, she offers him a kiss earlier in this episode, and he says, no, thank you, because I don't think you're doing it for the right reasons. He also says she's and not she nice. Says, he says she's not nice. Like, not as an insult, but, like, she's just not a nice person. Like, she doesn't care about other people. And it's very weird. And, like, like her arc this episode is kind of, like, proved that she's like, cares about people and she's nice, but, like... Her him coming out and saying that just felt real weird. Yeah. We do get the return of two of the most beloved characters in Gotham history. We get 
our boy, Corey. He's back in the house, except he's not in the house because he's still homeless. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like the major arc with Corey is he's going to eventually get back to having a house, hopefully. Yeah, he's got to have a house. I, mean, I, 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 I want Corey to have a house. Like, that's his whole thing. Yeah, and I mean, like, he's got to. Like, that's a whole, you know. The problem is, like, he's going to be Batman and Corey's going to be, like, what, 30? But he's going to have the house. And it's like... Yeah, in the comics, in the, Corey has a house. And he's the same age as Batman. <laughs> Um, and then also Pepper Ivy shows up very briefly. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Oh, Corey shows up because Bullock and, uh, Corey shows up because Bullock and Alfred interrogate him, and they use the classic interrogation technique, bad cop, rich cop. (laughs) See, I called it good cop, money butler, (laughs) which I think is better. Bullock is definitely not being good cop. He's very much being bad cop. He says that he can beat the confession out of him with a roll of quarters. But, and all <laughs> Alfred is doing is laying down hundreds on the table one by one. Yeah. Here's a hundred dollars. Where is she? Okay. Here's two hundred dollars. <laughs> but it's like he can do that. He works for Bruce Wayne. He's got the money. It's still real bad. I don't think it's bad. Why is that bad? It's a bad technique. Because like if Corey in the house had any knowledge knowledge of the situation he'd just consistently hold out until he got more and more money like that's not a, a good way to interrogate somebody is to offer them money sure but I mean they Especially are actually you're opening up your wallet and just putting out a bill at a time they are actually doing good cop bad cop though it's just that Bullock doesn't know that there's that's what they're doing right. um, Bullock thinks that Alfred's just paying him but Alfred is he's paying him to play the good cop because the idea is like oh he could hold out but eventually Bullock will try and punch him in the head and like that's the tension there is like let him like me so that he'll be more afraid of Bullock. I don't think it's like a masterfully executed scene, but I don't think it's like completely stupid. I just, it's funny. I mean, I'm in my original statement. Bad cop, money butler. Sure, yeah. Classic technique. Uh, also, um, Which uh, I do want to, uh, before we get a little further, I do want to mention that butler is the word of the pod. Uh, because earlier in the scene, when the cops come uh, to Wayne Manor to uh, like figure out what happened, and they're trying to fix... Uh, Alfred, but he just shrugs off his bullet wound, not being a big deal, and he blames Selena Kyle, and then he like states that he's a butler, like I'm, I'm not waiting around. I'm a, I'm a butler. I'm gonna go get it. Well, yeah. Also, Bullet calls him a valet, and he yeah. corrects him and says he's a butler. And then at the very end of the episode, when when they've like saved Bruce or whatever, he's like, Ah, oh, what would I done if you had? Uh, died. No one hires butlers anymore. Yeah, it's real weird. So, uh, the word of the pot is butler. Butler. <laughs> so it sounds very weird if you keep saying it over and over again. It sure does. Butler. And then he just joins up with Bullock as, like, his partner. And yeah. has a gun. And, like, just is a cop at that point. And so... Like, it's unacknowledged, and it's been weird that it's unacknowledged. Well, he already had a gun. We see him use the gun before that when he's fighting the assassins. He gets that gun from the assassin. Yeah, and now that's his gun. If you find a gun, it's your gun. <laughs> that's how that works. If somebody tries to kill you and you kill them, you go in their gun now. <laughs> I'll remember Have that. you never played a video game, Josh? <laughs> like me and the Riddler? Yeah, um, like I said, there's really not a ton in this episode. Well, there's a great scene of everybody eating pasta. Oh, yeah, Falcone kills a guy who... I don't even know if that guy actually betrayed him or not. So this was the guy that, like, was mining the armory, like... Oh, security, yeah. 
and he killed him because he's bad at his job, which makes sense. But like they're him and all his lieutenants are sitting around a table with like balls of pasta in front of them. Because they're Italian. And what we hear is like a shot go off, and then the the guy that he killed is face first in the pasta. And then after like saying like to his like lieutenants, like warning them, like don't betray me, and we're gonna have a higher tax now because people stole my money. Uh, then they eat the pasta. They just have the dinner with the dead guy right there. Yeah. Well, what are they gonna do? They can't just leave. I know. It's just it's a weird flex. Yeah. It is a... You know what? There's a lot of weird flexes in Gotham. <laughs> uh, what else? Oh, yeah. There's also some stuff with, like, because of the higher tax, Mooney sees it as, like, her time to start making moves because, like, people are going to be upset with Falcon because right. people don't like higher taxes. Right. And at some point, Penguin um, is having a conversation with his henchman about how he knows what's going on with Liza, but he's not going to sit, do anything yet because Falcon, like, like talks to him about it, mm-hmm. but he doesn't mention Liza yet. Yeah, and it's like a time, like he calls her a time bomb. Yeah, he's just playing a long game. It's kind yeah. of, I mean, like that makes sense. It does make sense. It's just interesting, and I like to see where that's going to go. Besides that, he doesn't really do much. His kill count still remains stagnant. But I do like the way that it's set up now, where it's like Maroni doesn't know that he's working for Falcone, and Falcone doesn't know that he's working for himself. And then he's got this, like, leverage on Falcone that Falcone doesn't know about. And Fish doesn't know that he's still working for Falcone. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a very complicated setup, but I, I, I like it a lot. He's still playing all sides, and it, it, it works out really well. And then most of the episodes is about, like, Cat, uh, Selena Kyle, also known as Cat, and Bruce, like, going throughout the city and hiding. And there's a point where she, like, tries to leave him after he tries to call his butler because he's concerned about how Yeah, they use a payphone. Yeah. Neither of them have cell phones on him. Bruce goes, oh, a phone! And he runs up to a payphone and then tries to use it without paying. And then he goes, I don't carry coins, he says specifically. Yeah. And then, like, she doesn't want to help him until he mentions that Alfred's, like, his family. Yeah. She there's a scene earlier. He asks her about her family. And she doesn't... I think that's in the previous episode. He asks her about her family and she doesn't say anything. And then in I think... In this episode, it, she mentions that her mom... Is like a traveling musician, magician, singer, but also secret on a agent. secret agent mission for something. It's clear Weird. that she's like lying. Yeah, like she's like not not even like that. Like she's just like doing a bit essentially, like to make herself feel better and to amuse herself. Yeah, but you definitely get the feeling she really believes that. I mean, she. I think yeah. I think like it seems pretty clear what they're setting up is she got like abandoned. And then they, like, she tries to, like, ditch him, but he wants to follow her because he doesn't want to lose her. And then she jumps across a rooftop, and mm. he follows suit. Yeah, and he almost gets creamed, and she saves him. Yeah, that was actually a pretty cool scene. It's a, as weird as the, the young Batman and Catwoman romance is, I think it was pretty well handled in this episode. Yeah, actually, I, I'd like that if it went well. And then go to this underground kid lair, which reminds me of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's in my <laughs> notes. I said in my notes it says they go Selena to Shredder's lair. Yes, in my notes it says Selena takes Bruce to the Foot Clan hideout. <laughs> but before she does the the Gotham thing, where she says, "Let's make like smoke." Smoke doesn't make phone calls. Yeah, which is like she could have said fucking anything. Let's make like owls. Owls don't make phone calls. Yeah, whoever writes Bullock's dialogue wrote that line for her. 100%. It's a super Bullock line. Let's make, like, eggs. Eggs don't make phone calls. 
sure as eggs. Sure as eggs don't make <laughs> phone calls. I won't either. Oh, um, speaking of bullet talk, in the scene where they show up at the mansion after the first assassination attempt, uh, Alfred calls Gordon a plank. And then Bullock calls him a putz. And then at the very end, the, the mayor calls him an arrogant clown. <laughs> Not a good day for Gordon. No, he's getting roasted all over town. <laughs> uh, so let's get back to the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle part of this episode. Where they're with the Foot Clan in the underground warehouse full of kids. Mm-hmm. And they run into uh, Poison Pepper. Yeah, she's just hanging out there. She says that she got sent... To live with a family upstate, and they tried to make her cut her hair, so she escaped, and now she's living on the streets, it would seem. And her mom killed herself? Yeah, that's brutal. She just says that, like, Catwoman's worried that there'll be tension between her and Bruce. And she's like, oh, did he kill my dad? Did he make my mom cut her wrists? And it's like, fuck, man, really? Yeah, so the last time we saw her, a while ago, her dad was definitely abusive. Yes. And she was, like, telling the cops, like, he's a bad guy. And her mom, like didn't seem that unstable. Like, she definitely was a victim of abuse, but, like, yeah. to jump to her, like, opening up her wrists after her abusive husband was shot? It's fucked up and really dark. And, like, weirdly dark for a show. Like, Gotham's a dark show, but it's very cartoony. That was, like... That kind of took the wind out of me for a second when she says that line. Well, also, like, she's clearly traumatized. Like, they portray her as, like... Like, Cat's afraid of her. Yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah, I like that too, but, like, they definitely portray her as, like, like, she has this weird way of talking where, like, she's, like, real fast-paced and, like, kind of on edge. And, like, she is kind of scary as a kid. Like, if you run into a kid like that, it's like, yeah. Um, (laughs) And then she does this thing. First off, she's an orphan, so she's already connected to Bruce immediately. Yeah. Second off, she does this thing where she calls Bruce cute in front of Cat. Yeah. And... Again, like, it just, it's so weird as, like, a 10-year-old kid to have, like, all the girls fawning over him already. I guess. Like, she's like, he's cute, isn't he? And she's like, yeah, sure. And then uh, Selena's like, yeah, sure. And then the child leads him away. Yeah, I, uh, I like how, I do like, I feel like, I already like Selena. Like, she's like she's likable. The, the girl who plays her is, like, very charming. Yeah. But, like, I really like her in that scene where she's like, clearly super uncomfortable with Poison Ivy and, like, them walking away and Bruce is like, why do we leave? And she's like, she's scary, okay? She's scary because she's scary. Which, <laughs> I actually kind of, like, it worked well for, like, a character of Poison Ivy as a kid. But I just, I don't like that she's an orphan. Yeah, it's, like, whatever. I, I, it's very weird that they decided we needed to see of all the villains in the, the Batman rogues gallery, it's very weird that they decided one of the ones that we needed to see as a kid was Poison Ivy. Right. Because that character's never been portrayed as having any kind of, like, deeper connection to Batman or, or really any of the other characters around. She's just, like, a scientist who gets plant powers and then tries to... Right, and now she's an orphan kid living on the streets and she's supposed to eventually become a scientist. It's not looking good for her. It's important time. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Very weird. I did tell you she was going to be back, though. Speaking of uh, charmers, because uh, Bruce is definitely a charmer, all the, the lady villains that are kids also, uh, Alfred's a charmer. Yo. Not only is he a badass, he knows how to work with the lady. He gets real seductive with Fish Mooney to get some information out of her. Which it's, is nuts. Yeah. Oh, and then directly before that, he like hip-tosses Butch and holds a knife to his throat. Yeah. 
Like Alfred rules in this, this episode. episode made me like rather that Bullock and Alfred were like the main characters. Yeah, because Alfred's like the Jim Gordon that we didn't know we needed. It's interesting because it's like okay, assuming that Alfred's backstory is similar to the, I mean, it's the established like Alfred backstory across media now is that he was like a soldier, right? Yeah, that he was like in the SAS or something. Then assuming that's true about this Alfred, it's like he really is like what Gordon should be, yeah. right? Right. Like, like. I want him's character to be the main focus of the show now because of this specific episode instead of Jim. Yeah, Jim doesn't do dick all in this episode except harass Dick Lovecraft. And then somehow Dick Love... Like, he gets choked out by Copperhead, uh, the female assassin. Yeah. And uh, then Dick Lovecraft is seen shot with Jim Gordon's gun. Yeah. After showing that Dick Lovecraft really didn't have anything to do with anything and he was trying to... Show Jim how he's not even a player on the board. Yeah, so it's clear... Which made Harvey Dent going after him seem real weird. Well, yeah, I think it was the idea is, like, Harvey Dent is, like... I have no idea what he's talking about. Well, yeah, I think, like, Lovecraft is definitely dirty. And Dent was so fixated on going after him that he did it in a way that, like, ended up getting him killed and was for the wrong things. Like, I think that's the idea, like, he is supposed to be contrasted with Gordon, who's very much, like... By, he's a, they're both like good guys who want to clean up the city, but Gordon is like by the books, and Harvey is like will essentially willing to frame a guy for something he, a crime he didn't commit to Just get to him get for him the, the streets. Yeah. yeah, and then that leads to that dude dying, which is fucked up, really fucked up. But in, especially again having a dude that's named Dick Lovecraft and have him be like the title character of this episode, and then just having him immediately get like, killed off—it's so weird. Yeah, I do like his like props to the guy playing him. The, like, moment when he's like, I don't even know what's going on here. Like, and he's, like, scared out of his mind, talking to, like, a super confused Jim Gordon. Like, I feel like that worked really well. I agree. I just, to see him get killed so quickly, it just felt like waste. Yeah, it's weird that he's the title character. And he has such, like, a notable name. I don't know. It's, well, but it's just, like, it is very much like Mario Pepper. Yeah. So, uh, the end result of the Fish Mooney scene with Alfred charming her is that she helps them out and gives them a lead on uh, the fence yeah. that Selena might go to. And the way that uh, like it ends up being is like Fish Mooney says that you owe me for this. And Bullock walks out saying, who don't I owe? <laughs> and it's amazing exit. It's so crazy. He also has another great line when they go to the final confrontation and Alfred runs off and Bullock's like, am I the only person who waits for backup? <laughs> yeah. That's, it's that, like, yeah, dude. This, made, this episode like really made me like Bullock as like the side character who like doesn't know what's going on that much and like is so baffled by everybody being like so gung-ho around him. Because in the beginning of this episode... Um, actually, at the beginning of last episode, um, he didn't know about Selena Kyle being like a witness for the Wayne murder, and yeah. like, like now that him and jo- Gordon are definitely on the same team and are like backing each other up, like they should communicate more. Yeah, Gordon kind of is a bad friend. Like he knows Bullock has his back. Like even Bullock tells him like you shouldn't do that. Like he'll still like back you up. Yeah, that's weird. But yeah, who would who don't I owe? Uh, was great, and then when the cat, uh, Selena and uh, Bruce go see the fence, <laughs> this character that plays the fence is he's amazing. super weird. <laughs> he's like cat, my baby. He looks like it's amazing. 
He sort of looks like Mickey Dolenz from The Monkees. Yeah, I was actually hoping he'd be more of a character. I don't know if he ever does become more of a character. I don't think but he does. He's an interesting personality. He's in uh, Boardwalk Empire. Oh, yeah. He plays is. Jack Dempsey. Yeah, that's interesting. And then, like, when they're rescuing him from... Rescuing Selena and Bruce from uh, the fence who, who tricks what? them and imprisons them for the assassin. Yeah, everybody's got a secret dungeon. <laughs> secret warehouse dungeon. Uh, the abandoned warehouse that they're in, because they're Gotham's full of them. Yeah. Um, the Alfred just, like, is out, out, rushes in with a gun. He's, like, the lead detective on the case. Like, there's no question that, like, he's a cop in this in this point. And, like, Bullock doesn't give a shit that he's now a cop. And, like, nobody... Like, it's so, like, seamless for him to do that. And just, like, you have to take a sit... Like, a sit back and, like, think to yourself, why is he doing this? He's a butler. He's got to protect Bruce. But, like, any other situation where, like, a parent or guardian takes over as a cop in any, like, TV series or movie, it's, like more like there's more resistance to it this just like happens it kind of makes it seem like batman doesn't need to become batman and he could have just like ran around as bruce wayne and acted like he was a cop (laughs) and it would have just worked fine if this is how gotham responds to people just like acting like they're cops and not being cops yeah because alfred can just be his partner go with him everywhere um interrogate somebody yeah have a gun that isn't even his and shoot people. Like, he shot, like, two people. So uh, weird. I don't know what to tell you. Gordon tells the mayor to kiss his ass. So the mayor is an interesting thing in this episode. First off, let's talk about his convoluted way that he portrays the death of Dick Lovecraft. Yeah, his his plan to cover it up is to say that Lovecraft went, like lost it under the intense scrutiny of Jim Gordon's interrogation and badgering of him, overpowered Gordon, took his gun, and then killed himself with it. Which is nuts. Yeah. No, it's pretty wild. Like, if anyone told me that, like, if I heard that in a news story, I would never believe that. That's insane. Oh, I would be like, oh, the cops shot him, and they're just covering it up. Because cops are awful. It's the most insane thing. Like, if he overpowers him, Gets his gun, and then he kills himself? Yeah. And that's the way the mayor, like, definitely decides to have it happen. (laughs) And Harvey, kind of a kiss-ass to the mayor, but the mayor really goes down on Gordon and demotes him to be a guard at Arkham, using this whole Lovecraft thing as an excuse to do it. Mm -hmm. Which, to me, feels overplayed. Yeah. Because I feel like this should have happened already. I feel like the mayor should have already, like, done something to punish Gordon. Because the last time we saw him interact with the mayor, he's trying to arrest him. Yeah, but now he has the leverage to do it. Because before, acknowledging that Gordon, like, arrested him means, like, well, okay, why did he let you go? And then you have to tell the story about Falcone. And requires him to do a bunch more lying. Now he just has to do the one lie about Lovecraft, and that's all the excuse he needs to demote Jim Gordon. No, I, I guess. But, like, in my opinion, like... We already know that the whole police station is, like, mostly corrupt. Especially, like, his boss, Essie, will probably not stand up to the mayor. So the mayor could have done whatever he wanted quicker. Yeah, it's weird. It seems, like, overplayed to have it and have this excuse to do it when he could have just done it. Yeah, it's definitely a convenience for, like, well, you need to get him to this specific place at this specific point in the season. So he just does it now. 
Um, do you want? I want to do this thing where I want you to guess now on this episode how many episodes do you think Jim Gardner will be a guard at Arkham for before he becomes a police officer again? I'm going to hedge my bets on two at the most. Okay, we'll see how it plays out. Because I, the way this show moves, I guarantee he'll be an officer again. Like, would you be surprised soon. if it didn't even last the whole episode? At this point, <laughs> probably not. I'd hate it. No, it would like, suck. I'd be upset. <laughs> But would be I really wouldn't be funny. surprised. Is that what you're telling me? Is it not? No, no, no. I just because the show moves really fast. I wanted to see if we could because this is clear. In any other show, this would be this would be a thing that happens at the end of the first season and would take up most of the second season. Like yeah. like when um like when Penguin showed up to uh, like say I'm alive. That felt like a season ender. Yeah, yeah. I was I was gonna the th- I was gonna compare it to when McNulty gets demoted to B cop in The Wire, and he's like. Not a detective for a long time. Yeah, it should be like a season arc. But uh, you know what, Gotham ain't gonna do that. No. That's not the kind of show this is. For some reason. I imagine I wanted to be a good show like The Wire. <laughs> so the end result of that has Nigma show up and hug Gordon. Mm-hmm. Like saying, I'll write a letter, I'll fight for you, you're my friend, and hug him. That's very it's funny. It's so weird. It's very funny and sad. I love it's that so stuff. so undeserved. No, no, because it's great. It's yes, it is undeserved. That's the point. He thinks they're friends. He thinks they're like best friends. It's great. I love that. I love that he thinks that. It's yeah. No, I get that. And then uh, Selena and Bruce kiss. Yep, that's the very end of the episode. She comes back. She into calls the house. him honest, and they kiss. She says he's nice earlier, which I know he's not nice. He's just polite. Oh, he's apparently cute, according to Poison Pepper, and also Selena. I mean, and honest, and then she like she gets tired of trying to like torment him into kissing her, and kisses him herself. Yeah, and then Alfred and it's comes. Real weird and awkward. Yeah, and then Alfred comes in. And he's like, "Oh, having a chat, Mister Bruce." Mm, wink, wink. And now he's like totally cool with it. I guess because she protected him. Yeah, it's very weird. This episode's very weird. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Well. Um, you want to get into the villain rankings? The only, I guess Copperhead, do you want to put her on the list? She wasn't even introduced as Copperhead. So the two questions are, does, does Poison Ivy go up any higher because of her appearance in this episode? And then the other question is, do we rank Copperhead? I don't think we rank Copperhead yet. Okay. We'll see if she I, shows up again. If she shows up again and is named, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a better way to introduce her into like the villains list. Right now, she... She's just an assassin. Yeah. Um... I think we only know that she's copyright because, like, we're comic book nerds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can guess that, like, she's... Out of any assassin, that's probably who she is. Yeah. Um, she could have been Kurare from Batman Beyond. <laughs> she had a cool sword. What would be the point of having that character if she doesn't have the dope sword? Yeah. Let's go to that villain list. Uh, I don't think there'd be much changes for it. Actually, um, I do want to move up Poison Pepper. I've- Above the Riddler? Yeah, I liked her in this episode as, like, the scary kid. Yeah. Again, it's weird that, like, she'll eventually become, like, a scientist, hopefully, in the show. But, and it was really dark of, like, her parents. But I uh, I like that we have more about her. And that Selena, I actually agree with you. I like that Selena's scared of her. Sure. I can't wait till we get to Kid Firefly. Oh, man. That is the thing that actually happens. And I, if I'm remembering correctly, it's actually pretty good. That's interesting. It's um, not what you expect it to be. Okay. 
I mean, I like that Firefly is actually going to be age appropriate for Batman to fight, <laughs> as opposed to all of his other villains. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I do want to move Poison Pepper up, and I also want to move Selena up. I actually, um, have come around on this whole Selena Bruce story. I like their friendship, and I think it's cool that she's like teaching him the streets. Like the whole roof jumping scene was cool. So she's currently under Black Mass. Does she go? She goes. I'm assuming she goes above him. Is she going to go above Maroni? Um, we haven't seen Maroni in these couple episodes. I think no. he's been kind of stagnant. I'd say, yeah. Does she go above Falcone? No. Okay. So the list as it stands currently is number ten, my boy, and no one else is apparently <laughs> Edward Nigma the Riddler. Here's the thing. Every time he does one good thing, like, hug Jim Gordon, like, there's just going to be another thing with Kringle that's going to make him go further down the list. We haven't seen Kringle in a while. It comes back, and it's it's weird and bad. Number nine, Poison Pepper Ivy. Number eight, Harvey Two-Face Dent. That's so a weird way to say his name. Let's definitely move Poison Pepper up, because she's better than Harvey Dent at this point. All right, so she goes above Harvey. I mean... Actually, that, above that is Hush. I assume she goes above Hush, Yeah, right? definitely above Hush. Does she go above Black Mask? Yeah. So, just below Maroney or above Maroney? Below Maroney. Okay, wow, she went way far up the list. But she, she didn't really do anything before, so it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, we finally get some characterization for her, and she's creepy, and it kind of works. Yeah, I and agree. And we haven't seen Black Mask in a while. I don't um, think he comes back. We, Which is disappointing, because I kind of liked him. Yeah, and um, Hush is... That's just nothing. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I think it's justified that she moves up that high. Okay, so number 10, Riddler. Yes. Number 9, Two-Face. Yep. Number 8, Hush. Number 7, Black Mask. Number 6, Poison Ivy. Number 5, Sal Maroney. Number 4, Selena Kyle. Number 3, Carmine Falcone. Number 2, The Penguin. And number 1, the reigning champ, Mr. Zazz. Yeah, the old pen- Zazzle Dazzle. <laughs> the Penguin's still plateauing, because, again, he doesn't add to his kill count this episode. He's still in the background. Yeah, he's just kind of plotting. He yeah, really... which is, like, fine. Like, I want him to be plotting, but just not enough to, like, be over the top. Sure. Um, really excited, again, about Corey in the house coming back. Looking forward to seeing him have that character arc, hopefully getting a house. God, I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be so dope when he finally has that house. It's going to... It's just... Oh, it's going to be amazing. the worst things... Uh, about Barbara and Montoya, didn't nothing oh, that, happened in this episode. That did not come up at all. There was no movement on that plot front, which honestly, I appreciated. Yeah, yeah. So now Gordon is a security guard at Arkham. That's going to be interesting for maybe a season, maybe not, maybe an episode, maybe not even an episode. Maybe, maybe just like a cold open, cold open of like they come and they're like, oh, well now you're a cop now. If I'm remembering correctly. Or correct, even they, they, they ignore that he's a security guard at Arkham and he just shows up on the next homicide. Yeah. If you can, you, anybody can be a cop. Yeah, apparently. Alright, so next episode is going to be episode 11 of the first season of Gotham. Um, it is called Rogues Gallery, and if I'm remembering correctly, it's real weird. So that should be good. Alright, so listeners, stay tuned for that. We're excited that you're here. You're excited that you're here. And we'll see you next time. Fire!